The following presentation is from Mountain Park Community Church in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Mountain Park, along with additional audio and video teachings, visit mountainpark.org. We are continuing in a series entitled Fruit. And uh, we are in the 28th week of this series. I know it kind of feels like it's kind of a long series. It's a nine-week series. But Paul offers nine fruit in Galatians chapter 5. And the whole concept with this is that we would become more familiar with these fruit and let them bounce around in our heads a little bit more. And the way we've been working on that, if you could throw up our our, uh, fruit slide uh, for us here. The very bottom is kind of tiny. You can cheat and look at it if you want, but this is our way to help us remember the nine fruit. Will you say it with me? We're going to just, little Jenny, ready? Little Jenny Piccolo plays killer guitar for Granny Smith. Whoa! Okay, you got it. We're in. We're getting a little bit closer. We're, this is a way to try, uh, a mnemonic device to help us remember love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. What counts, What's next? goodness. Uh, I I forgot. That's why I asked you. Uh, Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Let those things bounce around in our heads. And this morning, we're looking at faithfulness. And I got to tell you, I got stumped this week. Faithfulness. Have you spent much time thinking about what faithfulness is? What is faithfulness? What is it? I mean, I really really, uh, tripped up on this this week. Faithfulness. All the rest of the fruit... We have some kind of sense of it. Even if we've had no experience with God, no experience with the Bible, we have some sense of the other fruit. Love, no problem. Shakespeare helped us out with that. We've got plenty of poems, plenty of songs, no problem. It's a little nebulous, but we've got to grasp on that. Joy, we've giggled before. We've, you know, we've, we've had fun. Uh, peace, we've either, uh, you've, been, you've grown up in the 70s or you've watched the, the TV show, whatever. We have some sense of, of peace, patience, either you've experienced it or just, just wait a little bit and you will, uh, whatever that might be. Uh, love which be patience, kind, kindness, all these things we've got some kind of sense of, but faithfulness, what is it? Really, it doesn't seem to have, you know, George Michael doesn't really help us out that much. Well, you gotta have faith, 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 I gotta have, ah, okay, what is it? What is it? Because it's not just about believing in God. It's not just about having our faith in God. There's more to it. It's about being a faithful person. We're talking about the fruit on our tree. What is the fruit, the result of having a relationship with Christ? What does that look like? It looks like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. What does faithfulness look like? Is it about being a faithful person or is it about having faith. What is faithfulness? And so to kind of help steer this morning a little bit, I've landed on a um, definition that that has really helped me, and this is what we're going to go with here a little bit this morning. Faithfulness is what we do with what we've been entrusted with. Faithfulness is what we do with what we've been entrusted with. Have you ever trusted someone with something and they were unfaithful with it? You trusted someone and they did not do a good job with what you trusted them with. It's a difficult situation. I know many of you are way better parents than me and you guys are going to be way better uh, parents than us because of this story. But uh, uh, this has happened on more than one occasion where my children will go to the trash can and they'll kind of look in and then they'll pull a work of art that they created out of the trash can and I remember my three-year-old girl looking up at me with her big beautiful eyes daddy I trusted you with this 
you were unfaithful to me. Okay, she hasn't exactly used those words, but that's kind of how the feeling is. And then this is how great of a dad I am. In those moments, I go, oh, how did that get in there? <laughs> so here I am, lying to a beautiful three-year-old. Yeah, I'm building a nice, nice mansion in heaven, aren't I, with that kind of action. So it's just this kind of thing. Of, now, that's a silly little small version of that. But betrayal, when it goes into other areas of our lives, it is devastating devastating betrayal mistrust giving something precious to somebody and they don't and and they don't do they're not faithful with it can be so destructive that has the power to destroy the most sacred of human bond that God has created the covenant of marriage so often that has the power to destroy that bond when when people are unfaithful that's why this is so important that, that Paul brings it in as one of the nine fruit. That we need to talk about this. What, what is faithfulness? Faithfulness is what we do with what we've been entrusted with. And I want to take a look at a story this morning that I believe is all about this. Matthew chapter 25, if you brought, if you brought your Bibles. Matthew chapter 25 is a story that has been referred to or summed up or titled as the parable of the talents. And it's a story of a master who is heading off somewhere for quite some time and he has some money available. He has some cash and he wants to give a portion of that to three different servants. And he gives five talents. A talent is a sum of money equivalent to about $2,000. So he gives $10,000 to one servant. He gives two talents or $4,000 to another servant and one talent or $2,000 to a third servant. And then... The master goes away for quite some time, and the first servant uh, puts the money to work so that the five talents become ten talents. The second servant puts the money to work so that two talents become four talents, and the third servant digs a hole and buries the talent in the ground so that when the master returns, there is only uh, one talent that remains in that point. So that's kind of the overall story. We're going to jump in on verse 19. As the master returns and encounters each of these servants. Matthew chapter 25, verse 19. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. Again, faithfulness is what we do with what we've been entrusted with. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Being faithful often is connected to hard work. Being faithful is often connected to, a, to difficult decisions. It's way easier to just bury the talent for the, for the time that the master is gone, bury it and just lounge around, hang out, drink margaritas, whatever the thing might be, and just kind of uh, not be actively working with what the master has entrusted to us. It's hard work. I'm reminded of a, uh, as I was reading this, I was, I was reminded of a story uh, from a friend of mine when I was in Cincinnati. His name is Rusty. And he, was, uh, he worked with me and uh, a close personal friend of mine and one of the most spiritual people I've ever known. He went on to lead the Cincinnati House of Prayer and he was leading this ministry. He had the opportunity to meet with a big wig, a, a, a big 
CEO kind of guy named John Handelsman. And he had the opportunity to go and, and spend time with him. He had never met John in his life. And as soon as he walked into John's office, he was reminded of a dream, of a vision that Rusty had recently that was John's face. It was absolutely John's face. And when Rusty was in there, he told John the dream, told him what this was all about, and spoke into his life in, in a significantly powerful way. John said, Rusty, I have spent thousands and thousands of dollars on therapy and on psychologists who have been helping me with this part of my life. No one has been as bold or as transformational as what you have done in this moment. This is amazing, Rusty. And he said, I have a lot of money. And I know people with a lot of money. You are a, a, a nonprofit. How do you get funded? Now, now that, that kind of opportunity doesn't happen very often for the leader of a nonprofit, Cincinnati House of Prayer, very often. It doesn't happen. And Rusty heard in his spirit God saying, Rusty, are you going to use this moment for your gain? And Rusty gulped and said, John, no, we're not going to talk about that now. That's not what this is for. That's not what, this, that's not what I'm here for. This is not about me. This is about you and your Lord and what he's doing in your life. And John said, okay. And then Rusty got, went outside and got in his dilapidated Toyota that was parked right next to John's brand new Porsche. He got in the car and he went, don't! <laughs> and he just did the, oh, what was I thinking? Oh, and he was just, oh, what was that? And, and as he was starting to go, he, he felt he heard the Spirit of the Lord say to him, that's my boy. He felt like he heard his God say, well done good and faithful servant. It can be so hard to be faithful at times. It can be so difficult. There can be such great sacrifice to it. We are invited and challenged to be faithful in terms of our finances, to, to give a, a percentage, to give 10% to the local church for the ministry that that church has been called to be a part of. It can be so hard to be faithful in that area. In a recession, are you kidding me? When my house is upside down, when I'm, when I'm in debt, when I, I'm struggling with my job. Are you kidding me? It can be so hard to be faithful. It can be hard to be faithful with regard to our disciplines. And when we want to spend a regular time with God. And it can be so hard. So many things can get in the way of that. It can be so hard to be faithful in, our, in the covenant of marriage. And those seasons of life when, when you, you you're committed to your spouse, but you're really just not having a good time for a while. It's just a struggling season. And then there's that other person at work who's so much more pleasant to be with than the person that you're in covenant with. It can be so hard to be faithful. But here's the promise. Here's the promise that I think is so clear in this story. Unfaithfulness always leads to pain. Unfaithfulness always leads to pain. It's like meth. It's something that may seem like a good idea at the time. It will always destroy you and destroy others. Unfaithfulness always leads to pain. But faithfulness always leads to a reward. Faithfulness always leads to a reward. This is what the master says to the first servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And then Jesus continues the story and talks about the second servant. Verse 22, 
The man with two talents also came, Master. He said, you entrusted me with two talents. I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. There's a reason this, this story doesn't just have two servants. That this story isn't just about the one who is faithful and the one who, is, who was not faithful. There's a reason there's this third one in the middle. And the reason for this third one is that it doesn't matter what you've been entrusted with. It doesn't matter how much you've been entrusted with. It's what we do with what we've been entrusted with. The poor don't have an an excuse that they don't have to be faithful because they don't have enough. And the rich don't have the excuse that they don't have to be faithful because they have too much. It's not about what we've been entrusted with. It It is what we do with what we've been entrusted with. And earlier on, the master gave talents according to each ability. The master knows what each person can handle. Our master, our God, knows what we can handle. So he has given to you specific gifts, talents, abilities, resources that you can be faithful with. So the question, the obvious question here is, if faithfulness is, what do we do with what we've been entrusted with? What have you been entrusted with? What have you, by, by God or by other people, what have you been entrusted with? What do you get to walk your days with? Financially? Relationally? Are you married? Do you have, do you have kids? Do you have siblings? What, what have you been entrusted with? Your job, people's stories, people's hearts, opportunities to, to speak into people's pain. What have you been entrusted with? Because this story makes it very clear that the master is coming back. That there is a time where we get to say, here's here's what I've done with what you've entrusted to me. It's not about works. It's never about works. It's about being faithful with what God has entrusted to us. And then there's a third servant. The third servant is addressed by the master here in... uh, Verse 24, then the man who had received the one talent came, Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. This is so natural. This guy knows that he's slacked off. He knows that he hasn't done well. He knows that he buried the one talent and didn't even think about it, didn't even look at it, didn't do any work. It makes it very clear that the master was gone for a long time. He did squat. He did nothing. And he, in his response, says, Master, You are a hard man. He deflects. He knows he's done nothing, yet he deflects it onto the other person. We do that so often. Instead of kind of taking the thing, we've got to bounce it back. It's like when we throw out an apology like this, when we say, I'm sorry for yelling at you while you were driving, even though you're a terrible and life-threatening driver. (laughs) There, I apologized. You know, it's kind of that that spin, that background. You're a hard man. I'm going to bounce this back on you, but it just doesn't work that way. Verse 25, so I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. That brings us out. Do you read the emotion that is in his response? What, let me read it again. So I was afraid and went out. What emotion is he revealing there? Fear. He was afraid. He was afraid. Being faithful can not only be difficult and hard, it can be scary. It can be scary. It is a scary thing to put our faith in an unseen God. 
Hebrews chapter 11, verse, verse 1 says that faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we cannot see. We put our faith in an unseen God. And, and faithfulness is about putting it all, about betting it all on God. Putting the whole thing, all two talents, all five talents, all things that you've been entrusted with, putting it all on God. Everything, everything on the table, everything. And when we do that, Satan hangs over our shoulder and says, whoa, that's a lot. Are you sure you want to do that? That's risky. That's risky. The whole Jesus, God, eternity thing. What if that's not real? What if you're missing out on something here on this earth? That's, a, that's risky. Your finances, you want to you you give that so that we can build a, a, a children's area over there at the church? That's kind of risky right now. That's risky. Oh, the enemy just wants us to live in fear. Just wants us to be afraid when we are challenged with the opportunity for faithfulness. Wants us to remain in fear. But God doesn't ask us to just take this blind leap of faith. God, God doesn't ask us to make blind risks. In fact, this is, this is clear in the verse that follows, verse 27. The master says, well, yeah, you've got those excuses, but you should have at least put your money on deposit with the banker so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. That would have been zero risk for you. You could have at least done that See, sometimes we think that faith is about taking, is about taking this, this blind leap. It's about saying, I'm struggling with my family, I'm struggling with my job, I'm struggling with my purpose in life, so I am going to step out in faith. I'm going to step out in faith. Scripture never asks us to step out in faith. Abraham, kind of the, the quintessential faith guy, he never stepped out in faith. He responded to the call that God had on his life. It wasn't kind of this blind, I'm going to step out and then see what happens. God said, I want you to be the father of many nations. Okay, now that I'm going to, I'm going to trust in. Moses didn't step out in faith. God asked him to do something and he responded. He, God entrusted something to him and he responded to that. Jesus, Jesus didn't say, I'm going to try this cross thing and see what happens. He was... He was entrusted by God to do this amazing act. And his faith, his faithfulness with what was entrusted to him allowed him to do that. You think of the scene, kind of the classic movie scene of faith, the scene Indiana Jones and the, and the Last Crusade, and he's on that, that, that opening there, and he's, he's got to step out across the big chasm, and it's 100 feet down, and so he gets up, and he does one of these, <coughs> you know the scene, right? And then he throws the rocks, that's pretty cool, yeah. That's awesome. He didn't step out in faith. He knew something was going to take him across the other way. He knew that because his dad had that really cool book that had all the information in it. He knew that something was going to get him across there. He wasn't going to go to just any hole on that wall and say, hey, that worked over there. Let me try it over here. Woo! I'm not going to stand at the edge of this stage and say, God, I am so trusting of you that I'm going to step out and you are going to catch me before I hit the carpet and embarrass myself in front of all these nice people. That's not the way it works. Jesus was brought to the top of the temple by Satan. 
And, and, and Satan said, you jump off here and let's test God. You take a leap of faith, step out in faith, and we'll force God to catch you. And Jesus says, that's not the way it works. We don't step out in faith and then force God to catch us. That's not how it works. We respond to what's entrusted to us. Because when we do that, we step out in faith, and then maybe that wasn't what God had asked us to do. And then we get mad at him because he didn't catch us. Well, why, why didn't you, why were you not faithful, God? Well, because I, I didn't ask you to do that. Faithfulness is not about taking a blind risk, fortunately. Faithfulness is how we respond to what we've been entrusted with. Who are the people that you've been entrusted with? What are the, the stirrings in your heart that God has entrusted to you? There's stuff that's going on in there. You know it. I know it. And are we taking the, the steps of faith, not blind uh, leaps, but steps of faith according to what God has entrusted to us? Jesus concludes this story here in verse uh, 28. He get, uh, the master gets a little bit set, upset. Take the talent from him, the one who had one, and give it to the one who had ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he who will have an abund- and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has, will be taken from him. It's very clear here that, that God says that when, when we are faithful with, with what God has given us, he will give us more. When we are faithful, he will give us more. Faithful people understand this. And it's not just about our relationship with God. It's about our relationship with other people as well. That when we are faithful with what people give us, they will trust us with more. There's a book called Safe People by Henry Cloud and John Townsend. And the whole premise of of this book is saying we need safe people in our lives. We need people that are faithful, that we can trust in, that we can have deep, life-changing conversations with. And the way to get safe people is not to back our emotional dump truck up and just kind of dump on them. Beep, beep, beep. Dump the whole thing over. The way we identify who safe people are is we give them a little bit and see what they do with it. We, we give them just a little bit and see how they handle that, how they respond to that. And then if it goes well, then we give them a little bit more. And then we can give them a little bit more. And that's who identify, how we identify who the safe people are in our lives. And safe people are mag- magnets. They, they, are, they, they absolutely attract other people because we so desire to have trusted, faithful people in our lives. Those are the people we find after five years that we go, why do I spend so much time with these two? Because they're faithful with the little things and the larger things that I have given with them, that I've talked with them emotionally over the years. So are you a faithful person? Are you a safe person? Do you have safe people, faithful people in your, in your life? Faithfulness is about, is, is what we do with what is entrusted to us. That's why gossip is such a relationship killer. And it can be so terrible in the church because we spiritualize it and we call it prayer requests. You know, we get in gatherings and we say, we say, I have a prayer request. I saw Mary Jo with Frank again. Now, I know her husband is out of town a lot and I've just seen them all together a lot. I don't know what's going on there. But I'm just bringing it up 
for our prayer circle right here. It's just for our little prayer circle. Lift them up to Jesus. Lift them up right here. And that, that, is just, that is just evil. What you're saying to that prayer circle is, I'm not a safe person. That's what you're saying to that group. Gossip, for those, for those who struggle with gossip, and I understand gossip. gossip. Gossip is magnetic. We all want to know this stuff. But if you struggle with gossip, then you are under the illusion that people are interested in you. People are not interested in you. They're interested in your gossip. And when we gossip, we are telling the world, I'm not a safe person. I might be interesting for that conversation, but you're not going to want to get too close to me. Are we faithful with what God gives us? Are we faithful with what people in our lives give us? Are we safe people? Now, let me wrap up by connecting this attribute to God. Each one of these fruit is an attribute of God. We were made in the image of God, so God desires our tree to look like this because that's what God looks like. God is love. God is joy. God is peace. And God is faithful. And so if God is to be entrusted with something, he wants us to trust him with something. There is one thing that God wants us to trust him with. One thing. Our heart. And we know at an early age, you know, middle school, we know that there's something precious and beautiful and valuable about our heart. And so often in middle school, we want to give it away to somebody. We want to give it away to... to as a young boy, I wanted to give it away to some other girl. And then some other girl gets it and goes, thanks. And then, hey, and it takes off. And we go, oh, it's my heart, that's my heart. And we give it away and it gets hurt and it gets broken. And then, and then we put it back in here and then we build up a wall. We protect, protect this thing. Because we, we, we don't, don't want to give it away to someone who's not going to be faithful that we can't trust with that. And Jesus says, what I want is your heart. All this stuff about money, about disciplines, all this stuff that I talk about as far as growing in relationship with Christ is because I want your heart and I want the whole thing. I want your heart and I'm going to prove to you that I'll be faithful with it by suffering a brutal death on a cross saying that I will do all of this. This is the way I'm going to show how faithful I am and how much I desire to have your heart. I'll show this to you. I'll prove it. You can trust me. I am faithful. So how is this fruit on your tree? How is the fruit of faithfulness on your tree? How are you handling what has been entrusted to you? Faithfulness is scary, but it always has a reward. Always. Always. Let me, let me pray as we close up. Father, once again, we um, don't want to talk about one of these fruit and then walk out of here saying, I need to work harder. I need to, I need to do my work in order to make this happen. It's another thing I need to, to work on. But God, if this is an area of struggle, if, if gossip, if, if trustworthiness, loyalty, fidelity, if faithfulness is an issue for any of us in this room, God, I pray that it wouldn't be our own efforts, our own shoulders that, that transforms that, but that we would once again go to you. We would once again go to the root of the tree and say, God, what do you want to do in this area of my life?
How do you want to nourish my tree so that that fruit can be different? Because God, we want to make good decisions. We want to show faithfulness to those that you've brought into our lives. God, we want to live lives based on the, what you've entrusted to us so that you would say, in whatever way, well done, good and faithful servant. God, I, I want that so deeply as a husband, as a dad, as a pastor, as a very imperfect pastor. I just want you to be proud of me, God. I want you to say, at the end of my days, well done. May we be inspired by this story this morning, God, so that in whatever area that, that you'd be able to say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name, amen.